Hey, BSN listeners, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so be sure to check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we really could not recommend it more to our listeners. As StravaCraft says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today, and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty, and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! He shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Cole J.T. Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations and use their express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. Training camp is officially coming to a close today. We have three days of camp to go over here. Start with today. They worked on special teams for this Monday. It was fun. You got to see the big guns come out. They put Kadri with McKinnon and Landeskog as well as Burakovsky and back that up with Makar. So things got a little silly in that group. And then in the other group, the predicted second power play unit was running with uh, the, the, a defenseman that I can't think of. And then you had Jost, Comfer, Donskoy, and Nachushkin. <laughs> you mean Gerard? Yeah, I totally blanked on Sam Gerard's name. <laughs> yeah, uh, G was running that unit, and um, I'm kind of, I was kind of iffy on their day. Yeah, the only one I liked was Donskoy, and that was because of his PK work, not because of his power play. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, was I it, it was okay. I think that unit it's very much a work in progress and it also was missing Burakovsky, which we know eventually that will happen. Right. And potentially also even adding a, someone like a Colin Wilson to it depending on how things shake out. Yeah, definitely. But knowing that 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 they were missing out on that, that was it was it, my, I, I don't want to say disappointment, my lack of enthusiasm about how that unit looked today um, is tempered by knowing that, hey, they'll, they'll have a Burakovsky on there. Right. And certainly, if you try and make the direct comparison to that other unit, it's just not even in the same ballpark, is it? Oh, yeah. And of, of course, I mean, the. The only thing that makes me a little nervous is that Bedner hinted a couple days ago that they were looking to 
make uh, the the minutes uh, a little more even than they were last year between the units. And after having watched both units on the ice today, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Go ahead and run Kadri and McKinnon together for eternity, and then Makar backing them up as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. That second, I mean, granted, as always, start every show during this as it's still camp, but it would be hard to look much better than that unit did. Yeah, they, and you know. I liked the units, uh, the power play units in general, because they were uh, overall just a lot more aggressive in shooting the puck. And I like that. I absolutely loved Kamenev today. Yeah. Because he did, it was the same thing that he was doing last year when they, when they put him on the second unit, you know, for that brief period of time he was out there. The big thing that he would do is that he wasn't shy about shooting. They would pass him the puck and be like, all right, well, I'm shooting it now. And that's, that's, I mean, is such a change from a team that has been, for, I mean, for years and through multiple head coaches, it's just so passive. Right. You know, it, it's just so willing to try to make the extra play, hang on to the puck for the extra second. And there are a lot of situations where that's appropriate. Yep. Uh, But on the power play, it's like you have the, you have the man advantage. Don't obsess over possessing the puck so much that you don't shoot, you know, because, Hey, you have the extra guy on the ice. If the thing becomes a free puck, you've got the extra man out there to try and go get it. It was kind of interesting to see the setups they had the the first unit i felt was a lot more fluid than it has been i really liked the movement that mckinnon and kadri had off of each other it felt like it got everyone skating kind of definitely and i think that will help in in that sense a lot on the other hand i thought burkowski did good things on that power play but man i wanted him to shoot it more yeah too passive Uh, right just like we were talking about just too passive man um, where Kadri made the big difference was that he did shoot from that little middle spot last yeah. year. We saw uh, that guy, that guy's job was to fight for rebounds, tip pucks and pass it immediately back to the guy who passed the puck to him. And with Kadri, anytime that he felt that he had a little bit of an opening, he, he fired the puck. He scored right from, right from the middle. Yeah. Right from the middle of, of that whole cluster and against one of Colorado's uh, better PK units, you know, which, Hey, we're talking about how great that power play looked like the penalty kill had its moments too, you know? Yes, it did. Calvert and Belmar looked really good. That's kind of their thing. (laughs) And well, and Nieto, you know, Nieto's the kind of the third guy there as well. And I thought, I thought he had a strong day too, but Belmar really, when we're talking, when you bring a guy in and you're like, oh, he's good at the PK, you're like, really? I, God, he's to, to go out and get a guy just because he's good at the PK, dude, better be really good on the PK. And through one day of camp, uh, of actually having watched that part of his game, you have to. I, I walked away feeling like after four days of watching a Belmar at, at training camp, they got a limited player who is a true specialist at a couple of things. And those yep. couple of things were things that Colorado were not good at last year. And he's going to fill those holes 
exactly the way they want. Right. I'd, I'd say that's bang on the money. I don't think I saw him lose a face-off today. He won every single one he took, basically. So, yeah. And I, I don't know if that's too much of a shock. I think we both kind of expected once he gets playing, he will fit into that role very well. So right. it's good to see that that does appear to be the case. Well, and, and uh, one of the things we have talked about, though, is that uh, he's not just a center. He can also play the left wing. So if a guy like a Kamenev, for example, does impress enough during this preseason, you're not picking either or, you know, and, and with the injury issues that they have right now, um, the injury being bruised ego over in Finland and Colin Wilson, lower body tightness. You know, you with those with those guys missing right now, you know, there's an opportunity there for for a Nachushkin or a Kamenev or a Greer or, you know, one of these guys that we've talked about all summer is that's fighting for the 13th job. If if there are two bodies missing in front of you, you're fighting for the 11th and 12th jobs. Right. And, you know, Kamenev, I think, has looked so good and was, again, so really, really good today uh, in his in on his power play unit. Uh, where he was just aggressive, he was moving the puck well, and he was he was firing away, and I was all about that. And that I think opens up the opportunity for, you know, maybe a fourth line where you open it up, and it's it's Belmar on the left, and then you've got Belmar and Kamenev can each take faceoffs, but Kamenev plays down the middle, Belmar plays on the wall for you, and then Calvert plays on the right side. Or, or Nieto plays on the right side and Calvert plays up a line or, you know, whatever, like whatever, however you want to configure it, you've got options there, but that's intriguing. You know, if, if you're going to have a body missing, somebody's got to step up and move into there. And I think that's where the strong camp from Kamenev, it needs to carry over into um, preseason games. But right now he's my guy for that spot. If someone like Kamenev earns it and that line seems to be clicking, why not give it a cup of coffee? Or yeah, 100%. alternatively, you could give it a Breckenridge beer, the I mean, official beer of BSN Denver. <laughs> wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? We should have, you know, we should have gone for a beer after camp today. We really should have. You, me, and Evan, instead of all of us being like, all right, we're going to go home and we're going to write and we're going to pod and we're going to do all this work, we should have just gone to get some beer. Yeah, we could do it after the game tomorrow, I guess, but we could do that. We could, uh, you know, we've got a, uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll definitely have to do it after that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, we'll figure something out. Get, get some Breck brews, which is by the way, the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla Porter as well as their other beers. I had a couple of people talking up that agave wheat to me the other day. And I think someone just got. Someone was telling me they just finally got Strawberry Sky in at their local. They only got like six six packs or something, so they need to run down there and get it. Buy them out. Right. They're going to go. They're moving so quickly. (laughs) Right. Just buy them out, and it will encourage them to get more more of them. Exactly. So there you go. If you're looking for Strawberry Sky, ask for it and then buy it all and you'll start getting it on the regular. The Sky, if you don't know what it is by now, is a lighthearted Kolsch ale or also described as a light, delicious summer beer as we're coming to the end of summer here. Get on it quick. You can find that Strawberry Sky at most of local liquor stores. Some. It's harder to find when you're out in the sticks. 
but you can look for other Breckenridge beers if they don't have that one. And also keep an eye out for our Breckenridge event calendar. While me, AJ, and Evan may go get a beer later tomorrow, we'll also be doing a bunch of watch parties, drinking Breck beers at those. You can RSVP on the site, so please come out and have a good time with us. Getting back into the power play and penalty kill stuff, a couple of interesting things. Bowen Byram and Connor Timmons were both running a power play unit. I thought both looked solid. Man, Byram needs to shoot. He does. One of those, I don't remember who it was that made that perfect. It was Kamenev. Made that that unbelievable pass through six bodies to, to Byram on the other side who was wide open. And he tried to he tried to force it through traffic back across the ice. Yeah, just Instead of just trigger. shooting it. And it was like, dude, you scored 26 goals last year. Just shoot it. And that's where Timmons stood out today. He was shooting from the point and he was getting pucks through. My favorite Timmons day of camp yeah, by far. By far. Yeah. On the other side in the other group, something that I was a little bit surprised, they had Callie Rosen quarterbacking the second power play unit, which is fine. He was fine. I don't nothing fantastic there. Yeah. But I was a little surprised that they didn't get him any reps on the PK. To me that it kind of says, hey, are they going to send this guy down to play power play with the Eagles? Yeah, and they, you know, it's they they kind of did what the Avs tend to do, uh, which is overreact to a weakness. Yeah. Uh, and you remember last year at the end of the season, after Graves had gotten called up and, you know, they'd kind of burnt, they had some injuries and they'd burned through some guys. You know, Timmons obviously wasn't there and they were hoping he would be. They had very, very little puck moving ability on that blue line. Yeah. Uh, and and then they went out the summer and they go and they get, you know, McDonald and Rosen and, uh, you know, Timmons will be healthy. And it's just it's just a totally different beast. Right. You know, that they've got uh, that, that they have this year set up for the Eagles. And then. You get into you get into training camp and you're like, all right, well, you, you have more power play quarterbacks than you do power play units. Exactly between between Timmons and even in the NHL, a guy like Eric Johnson, uh, and then you know obviously Byram and Gerard and McCarr, and then you have a guy like Rosen who had you know who was what forty points in fifty games last year, or something yeah. like that in the Put NHL. Up big points for sure, and it's it's just like, wow, all of a sudden they just have all kinds of puck movers back there. Should be nice to see that. No offense to Mark Alt, but shouldn't be on the power play. Yeah, definitely. Like that's not what Mark Alt does. And you know, I, I actually ran into Alt walking into the, uh, in, in this morning. Um, and I asked him how he was feeling and, you know, he was, he was like, well, running a little late today, LOL. And, you know, but he, he felt good, man. And and I was talking to him kind of about the Eagles and he was like, Oh, I think we're going to be so good this year. And he mentioned, you know, lots of PMDs, uh, lots of talent on the blue line, like a huge influx, influx of, of real talent on the blue line to help out and make it so that that's a really potentially a very deep group. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting time. I think, for the Eagles fans too, as well as Avs fans, that that depth goes top to bottom to the roster. Even if at times you might have a couple too many, and and people are getting squeezed out, there's a lot of talent there. 
Oh yeah. There's uh more talent than they've had in a decade or so probably for the Avs AHL affiliate. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is this is, you know, it was nice when they made the playoffs last year. Right. Uh but th- no. Like that's not the world that we're living in anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's time to make the playoffs and meet they, they they need to make the playoffs pretty easily, pretty comfortably this year and probably win a round given the talent that they have on hand. But I do I don't want to say that that's like that's a minimum bar is winning a round just because the playoffs are what they are. Uh in the you know, and in the AHL it's a best of five instead of the best of seven. Yeah. Um you know, which just hey, we've how many times you see a good team get down and you know, three two and then come back. Exactly. You know, and in a best of three, you get down three, two, you, you're going home. So, you know, it's, it's, I won't, I won't say that. That won't be, um, that won't be my, but they have to make the playoffs comfortably this year. There's too much talent for this Eagles team. We'll go ahead and cap segment one there, and we'll get back to training camp happenings in segment two. But first, there's a new alternative in Colorado for addressing your tax needs. Symbio Tax and Administration provides honest and knowledgeable tax services by a licensed professional for small businesses and busy families in Colorado. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and the guys over at Symbio are a proud BSN subscriber as well as diehard Colorado sports fans. So it's even more more of a reason not to go to one of these retail tax chains. You receive a free consultation so that you can make an informed decision based on your particular situation. Symbio has literally saved people tens of thousands of dollars with their expertise. Reach out to Symbio Tax today for your free consultation from a qualified tax professional and make an informed decision. Call 720-366-4470 or visit symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-Tax.com. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ kind of getting into camp as a whole now. They had some scrimmage work on Sunday as well as systems install on Saturday. If I have to pick uh, the grand champ of training camp this year, it's Don Scoy for me. The guy was a beast in camp every single day. He did something that stood out. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to see if I really strongly disagree. <laughs> um, I honestly, I think I'm with you, man. There you go. I'm, Another agreement between the two of us. <laughs> he was so good. And he really like, was. The thing was, is that I, I think there's like a legit, like there's a list of guys, you know? No, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who had a bad camp, I think. I, I really, really liked Callie Rosen. Me too. I thought that he was just so, so solid. And we were curious to see what, you know, what does this guy do? We were intrigued by his skill set. We were encouraged by the Marley's results. But seeing him up close, seeing him in the camp, you know, against the con- the competition and you know, what it's going to be like, you know, what he's going to measure up to uh, in, in terms of his direct competition – I'm a I'm a fan of the guy. I really I really did like his uh, his performance overall. Um, Bowen Byram, dude. <laughs> That's the funny part is guys like Byram, McCarr, McKinnon. By the end of camp, 
they weren't even making my list because I was just expecting them to be good from the outside. Right. It's funny how it's a moving scale like that. You go in because you're like, oh, well, I mean, honestly, you're talking about standouts from today. Nathan McKinnon was awesome. Yeah, he was insane. Like, Kale McCarr was so solid running their power play today, running that unit, making it dangerous. And, you know, he had that one end-to-end rush where he tried to pass at the last second instead of shooting it, and it was like, yeah. And that was that was frustrating, but it was like his end-to-end rush where he just danced through everybody to get there. You're like, dude. Hello. And it's... I mean, that's what I think that's what really caught me off guard a little bit is usually these camps. There's like a couple of guys that really separate themselves. Yeah. And you're you're talking like, oh, there's like two or three guys that I think were just awesome. But this year there were probably seven or eight guys where I thought, man, this guy has really been solid every day. And. And it, and it went down the list, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Bowers and Kaut almost been totally forgotten about at this point. And I liked Kaut certainly um, a lot through the, through a couple of the days. There were, there were some hits and misses there. It was a little uneven, but overall as a body of work, really liked it. Um, you know, Bowers had some moments and, and, yeah, on the Sunday scrimmage, Bowers was fantastic for his team. He set yeah. up a goal and scored a goal and was flying all over the ice. And- right. And well, and then, uh, you know, we talked about Kamenev last segment. Cam- Kamenev, day one, Kamenev was, I didn't notice him at all. And then every single day after that, I've been like, damn, dude. And, and AJ Greer, same thing. AJ Greer was really solid again today uh, on the power play. And, Found found his way to a couple of goals. It's dude, I'm just uh, you're talking so about good today again. We were coming into today, and there were maybe a couple of guys that hadn't stood out as much as Timmins, a Calvert. Yeah, and by the end of the day, by the end of today, we're like, oh, those guys stood out today. Yeah, I mean, the, the second they started on the uh, on the PK, Calvert popped. Yep, immediately disruptive at center ice using his speed to create all kinds of havoc. And you're just like, this is why he's here. Yeah. And, and then you see Belmar, you know, Belmar and Calvert um, combined anytime that they, okay. They would clear the puck down the ice and then they were just vultures, man. Yeah. Always circling and trying to get out. And, and you want to know, like, why do they do the drop pass? It's because you have PK guys out there who will interrupt the flow. If you try and move the puck. Yeah, they they're always trying to sit in those passing lanes. And when they, you know, and and when they were when they did the little drop pass and either McCarr or McKinnon was uh was driving with the puck, they were able to get they were able to get into the zone and and set up shop and do, you know, and do work. Uh but they were really on it when uh when the units were trying to pass the puck against them. It was it was impressive. I'm I'm all about it, man. I those guys looked really good. Belmar was really good throughout the entire camp. Honestly, the uh, Belmar and Greer combination together was super solid. I know you talked to him or or someone talked to him, maybe it was Evan, about 
working with Greer or, or they talked to Bednar is what it was. And, and he said the two of them click together and Belmar is helping Greer with his game as well. And, and that's really nice to hear. Yeah. And, you know, last segment I talked about, oh, you could put Kamenev in the middle. Well, you could put Belmar in the middle and then Kamenev on his wing. And, and, and it's an intriguing group. Like those two guys alone, and then you put either Nieto or Calvert on the right side, and that's a, that's heavy guys to play against. And you don't, you know, you don't normally think of the smaller dudes as heavy to play against, but you know, Nieto and Calvert lay the wood. You know, they they hit you, and they and they skate, and you know, they they don't have that skill element to be top six guys, but they do everything else. Right, and that's where I think this this roster popped for me in training camp through four days was the role players are not skill players that just aren't quite good enough. These are guys who are, who are comfortable in these roles. They are guys who understand this is who they are. This is where their, their niche is for the NHL career. This, this is where they're going to get by the abs. And, and, you know, there's a lot of legitimate conversation about, them going out and getting guys and and blocking prospects for moving up because you could, we could be looking at a fourth line of uh you know we could be looking at a fourth line of uh Greer and Kamenev together as I knock my microphone stand um and you know those those guys together and you're saying well hey that there's skill upside there but those are also guys that don't you know there, there's inconsistency shift to shift you don't know what you're getting. You know, these are not guys who are comfortable in the NHL roles that they're being asked to play. And that's where these guys, these veterans have that, have that leg up. And to, I mean, to be honest, it's, it shows, it shows that Calvert and Nieto and, uh, and Belmar are guys that are going to lock down that, that part of your lineup that you don't, you're not sitting there looking at the fourth line last year when it was, uh, you know, when it was Gabe Bork and Sheldon Dries and and occasionally AJ Greer and you know all the bodies that they moved in and out, and just saying, God, what are we going to get out of this? You know, and that's one reason why all summer we talked about, hey, they're going to play those group that those guys more. They're going to play that group ten minutes a night, you know, because they're comfortable with them. Because those guys are going to get a lot of PK time and they're going to be comfortable with them at even strength because they feel that they're going to be able to contribute more offensively and they won't be that offensive black hole that it, that it has been for many years now. I'm really interested to see how it pans out on the road because it's going to be a lot harder for opposing coaches to look at that lineup and look at the bottom six and go, hey, we can abuse this. Right. Like you're going to put you, you oh, hey, we're going to put our top line out against these guys. And Jared Bednar is going to say, you sure you want to do that? Bring it. Yeah. Because he's going to be saying, I'm going to do the same thing to you the very next shift. And. Are other teams comfortable going up against Nathan McKinnon with their fourth line? You know, I'm I'm I don't love the idea of you know Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan and Elias Lindholm taking on the a Belmar line, but I'll take my chances there. Yeah, you know they have to deal with the same problem on the other side. Exactly, I'll take my chances on that one. You know, there are some like when they're against Pittsburgh and it's 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's guys like it's a guy like Crosby, you know, then maybe back it off a little bit, but yeah, then maybe maybe work a little harder to match. But there are gonna be a lot more road games this year where Bedner doesn't have to get cute trying to match. And he just says, All right, if that's what you guys want to do, I'm comfortable doing that. There will be some teams that definitely give them some matchup issues, but not nearly as many as last year, and the the home road difference should be greatly reduced with this group that they have right now. It's going to be interesting. I do want to talk about kind of the injury situation a little bit. EJ and Cole are still in the same spots they were, as we talked about on Friday. Colin Wilson still not skating, and we have seen Val Nachushkin. He has arrived and, and is playing hockey. He played both Sunday and Monday, he was a part of things. Any immediate takeaways? You know, I almost don't even want to talk about Nachushkin, um, just because people know how I felt about that signing. And so the fact that I think that he was a total waste on, on the ice in his first two days um, is just going to sound like, oh, well, big shock. AJ doesn't like the signing, so he doesn't think he's any good. But honestly, he hasn't been any good. Uh Today, today he stood in front of the net, and I joked to Evan. I was like, yeah, that's how they're hiding his poor conditioning because he showed up on that first day, and he looked like he was way out of shape. And, like, I also – I've also – I wrote in my observation piece yesterday, look, the guy's behind the eight ball. He's two days behind everybody else, and that, that doesn't sound like a lot. But when you consider that he had to fly from Russia to Colorado – get here late on a Friday, get up early Saturday, go do his medicals, go do his physicals, do all of that stuff that, that all the other players have to do, go through all of that grueling testing in one day. And then the next day come out and scrimmage, not knowing where he's going, not having met any of his teammates, not knowing any of his line mates in any way, you know, the guys out there totally flying blind. He's going to, of course he doesn't look good. Like this isn't this isn't me coming down on this is just the situation how it played out. Of course he didn't look good over the two days. Anybody that did either wasn't paying attention or wasn't paying attention. There's no other there's no other way because it's there there he just wasn't good. And today all he did was stand in front of the net and he didn't battle hard for pucks. He didn't he made no difference whatsoever. There was no discernible difference with him on the ice or off. I, I, I just none whatsoever. It, it just really was not. It was not an encouraging day. I get him in the games. We're you know get him into the games. Get him into the preseason games, uh, and I have no doubt he'll look significantly better. Uh, I don't. I, I you know I. To me, he's behind. You know, to me, he's behind the. Yeah, he's behind the Kamenevs and the Greers right now. That's I, that's a good way to frame it. He's behind. And, you know, it, hey, one good game could change all of that. Flip it on a dime. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, there's still six preseason games to go to decide these roster spots. Four days of camp has determined nothing. It's given guys some leads. We've saw, you know, first round of cuts was today. So those guys obviously didn't do what they needed to do to impress. But... This otherwise, like that's where it is. Some guys are ahead, some guys are not. How did you feel so, about him? 
the first day didn't bother me too much. I don't think he stood out, but I don't think he was actively slow. He did struggle with the conditioning stuff at the end. And then, like you said today, he didn't do anything today. He literally just stood there. Yeah. Um, it was a statue in front right. of the net. He didn't do anything. Like, and and it's intri- you're intrigued by him because you do see him out there. And he's gigantic. He's, he's freaking yeah, huge. He's a monster. He he looks like Frankenstein's monster <laughs> with a hockey stick. Like he's huge. Yeah. And like, and not just tall because he's only quote unquote six four, but he's thick. Yeah. Like he's a big dude. I mean, we say all he did is just stand there, but it's hard for a goalie to see around that man. Right. Like, I don't mind that that's where they wanted to use him. It makes perfect sense. Right. But he didn't, you know, we saw there were a bunch of different units out there today and several guys played the role that he played. And all of them, in my opinion, played it better than he did. At very least, they were all significantly more active. Yeah, they they were involved in everything. Right. And this was not an area where he should be behind. They only did special team stuff today. So he should be in the exact same place where all these other guys are. Now, you know, there are guys coming back from last season that know the systems and they're like, okay, we kind of, we've, we've got this. So yeah, of course those guys will have the advantage, but you know, ultimately though, like this is not, he's not, he was not behind today uh, in terms of learning what was being taught. It's, I, I do want to see him in the, in the preseason games though, because I have no doubt he will be better. Yeah, I, it's always a different beast in pregame, in preseason games, especially with players like Nishushkin, who have a significant amount of NHL experience. But we'll cap segment two there. As AJ mentioned, the Avs did make some cuts, which we will get into in segment three. But first, I got to tell you about one of the best deals for alcohol in the Denver metro area. Total Beverage is offering 30. That's right, 30. off for the BSN fam on a purchase of $25 or more. When you use code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, Lakewood to Boulder, Aurora to Brighton, Plus, they have the lowest prices in the state. They are now also offering CBD products from drinks to gummies. You can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Really, don't let this offer pass you by. If you order today, you can get that 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered. Cheers. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast. The Avs have just made their first round of cuts to the roster. The majority of them are not surprising, but there is at least one that is a little bit head-scratching. The Avs officially cut first Trent Miner, headed back to his junior team in Vancouver with the Giants. That one kind of makes sense. They're really only going to play three goalies in the preseason. I imagine it's going to be Werner, obviously Grubauer and Francis. Maybe Miska gets into part of a game, but Miner wasn't going to get one. I totally expect Miska to be in a game some at some point. Yeah. It would seem unprecedented to me to only have three guys play in all of your preseason games. Sure. Either way, Miner was the fifth, if not sixth goalie at yep. camp. So, 100%. And then after that, they cut one defenseman in Josh Anderson, which is no surprise at all. And yeah. then four forwards, Travis Barron, Brandon Sajan, 
Josh Dickinson and Igor Shvirev. Bunch of fourth liners. Yeah. Baron, he played a decent amount in the ECHL last year. Going back to the AHL this year, it would be no surprise or potentially even playing ECHL games again. Sajin mm-hmm. on the AHL deal. He's not really anywhere near the Avs roster at this point. Dickinson, kind of the same situation. Barron's in. And then you have Igor. And that's a little bit of a weird one. I know you liked him, so if you want to take the floor on this one. Uh, I mean, I thought he had a solid camp. Um, I, I thought he had a solid showing in Anaheim for the rookie faceoff. I liked his camp. I'm a little surprised that he didn't get a single game. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, maybe more surprising is the guys they didn't cut. Right. I, I think that's where you're getting into the conversation. Yeah. But with Shvirev, I, I will say the skill level is still there. They have apparently decided that he is a depth forward at best. Uh, so they've got him on PK units. Uh, they've got him uh, working in bottom six uh, line combinations. You know, he was the four C last year. I really hope that does not continue this year. I'd like to see him make the jump up to a three C somewhere. Uh, but I'm, I do like the skill level. I think that he's an intriguing cat and I liked his camp, man. I, I'm really surprised that they cut him as quickly as they did. And, left some of the other AHL contracts that they have just kind of hanging around on the roster. Yeah. Igor was doing a lot of work too. He wasn't afraid to get physical. There weren't that many players that were being physical in training camp, but he was one that was willing to use the body as necessary. And on the PK and stuff, he was one of the more aggressive guys in that kind of secondary group of, of prospects and AHL types. He was really trying to put in the extra effort there which you can have that conversation about how much that matters in a training camp, but it's yeah, something that fair. we know the Avs usually like, and they still ended up cutting Igor. Yeah, it, it's, it's a little odd, um, especially because they've got other, they've got AHL contracts. I mean, Michael Jolie and Eric Condor are still dotting your roster. Right. You know, are are you going to play them in a preseason game? That would be weird. Yeah. Like, what do you, what's, what's the plan in keeping those guys around is the question that you have to ask. Right. It, it's a perfectly fair question too, because I mean, is there a situation where you could see some of those guys flipping over to an NHL deal? Um, I think Given the veteraniness, <laughs> uh, you've got to always keep your eye out for Condra. Yeah. You know, he's one where he's mm, maybe. Uh, I Jolie is a guy that has worked his way up, you know, from a tryout guy um, to to an AHL contract. And maybe maybe you give him a one year ELC if you really like how he does. You know, he pretty productive. Everybody knows his profile is an offensive only uh, player. Great hands. I mean, NHL caliber hands on yeah, like, unreal hands, but is not a complete player and is a bit of a puck hog to my, in my mind at times yep. and, you know, can be a great goal scorer, but I think he's, I think he's topped out as a solid AHL guy. 
he's he's in that zone of he really only functions in the top six and the rest of his game beyond his hands just isn't quite good enough to make the NHL in that sense. Yep. In a bottom six role, he's just not strong enough physically. He doesn't play the defensive end well enough. And that's that's what makes it hard for me to see him getting the NHL deal. Yeah, same. I mean, it would only be a one-year ELC at yeah, this point of, of his of age. So it it, be that's why I'm deal. saying like I could see if, if he has like a good camp. They're like, eh, okay. Right. Also interesting to note, Colin Campbell still here. The PTO, I guess. Is it a PTO or an ATO? Yep. It's a PTO. All right. So. PTO is not cut yet, despite these guys getting sent down to the AHL. Yeah. And then, of course, some of the prospects that are still here. And you expect uh, the first road game on Saturday will be like prospect. Yeah, heavy. it's going to be pretty light on the NHL regulars, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I think the NHL regulars are going to do a little bit more preseason travel than they're accustomed to uh, because the abs do play. Uh, their three preseason home games in the first four. Right. And then the last two are on the road. Yeah. And so it's like, and, and they're a week apart, you know, like they're, they play three games this week. And then, uh, I mean, really they play, they play four games in the next, what, six days. Yeah. They have the back to back on the weekend. Yeah. It'll be two Saturday, different rosters, but yeah. Right. And so you expect after that back to back, uh, that's when we'll start to see lots of cuts. Right, like, pare it down to the 27 or whatever. Right, it's at 51 right now, uh, and I, I fully expect after, between, I should say, between the game that ends on the 22nd uh, and then their next game in Vegas on the 25th, there will be a, a healthy dose of cuts. I would expect as much. and Especially because the AHL camp will get going right about then. Right. Yeah, they AHL camp usually picks up around the 26th. Well, it might be a little earlier this year cuz they're the Eagles preseason games are that weekend, but yeah, they need bodies down there, so that's yeah. usually when the cuts come in. Yep. Going to be interesting to see how they set up some of these preseason games. Yeah. The home game that, that starts things off against Vegas tomorrow is, is usually one where they, they trot out some of the star players for the home crowd, mm -hmm. but how you fill out that roster and, and kind of work some of these guys in that you want to see in games, be it a, a Martin Cowd and a Chushkin, a Bowers and get them ice time to really get that good look at them. It's kind mm -hmm. of a balancing act. It, it really is. Uh, I would go with, I, I think they more or less set it up today with group, group one and group two. I would probably just go with group two. Um, you know, let, let McKinnon and Landeskog and Burakovsky all play together in the first game. Yep. The fans get to see something cool. And then you kind of just swap groups for the second game. Right. That's that's more or less what I figured as well. You, you also have Kadri in that same group with, with McKinnon and you Yeah, can, I'd move him back. Um you think just, he was he was only there for the special team stuff. I agree, we've, but you know, we've seen him with Jost and Don Scoy, and you're not gonna play your whole top six in one preseason game in the first preseason game. Right. Uh, so I would say, you know, pick pick one. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I think they might just lump Kadri in because he's the new face kind of. But it would it certainly I expect Jost and Don's going to be in that second group. And then 
a lot of the other young guys. Maybe you want to get the Bocages and, and Mutalas in that game or something. Yeah, that's why you keep them. You know, Burzan, right. Bocage, Mutala, um, geez, all the, I guess, any, are there really any other prospects? Uh, you know, Burzan's still around. Uh, yeah, most of them are, are AHL at least, right? Yeah. You look at the Greers at that point. Yeah, you're not really talking. There aren't. I guess I hadn't thought about it. But there really aren't that many. Yeah, all those college kids that can't come. Uh, yeah, like actual like prospects, like right. pure prospects, non-pro uh, that are that are at this camp at all. Well, are they going to send Byram back to juniors or not? I guess is the question. <laughs> yeah, because I mean the other ones, it's like it's like Byram. Seriously, it's Byram, Bocage, Burzan, and uh, Mutala. It's weird that they don't have any prospects uh, that are not already pro players. Yeah. Outside of this year's draft class. That's weird. Because Annan didn't show up. Yeah, well, and, and all the Euros we've talked about, all those right, guys have right. jobs in the KHL or the Liga. Of course, there's, for good reason. And, yeah, absolutely. And then all the other guys are college guys. And they're not allowed to be here because the NCAA is stupid. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, how much more fun would this be with uh, with Hellison and Newhook and right? You really know. start fleshing things out, right? And we'd get to see what Steinberg actually looks like against a bunch of other guys, and not in a three v three. I mean, even even some of the older guys like Morrison or, or a Smirnov would be interesting to at least get eyes on, but not to be, unfortunately. Instead, we have to live with what they have at camp and. Final thoughts on kind of the camp as a whole and, and what we can expect out of preseason. Um, camp was interesting. It's very instructive now. You know, camp used yeah. to just be scrimmages and then the Burgundy and White game. But it's all about teaching now. And it's all about seeing guys in the situations that they want to put them in. It's all about systems. Uh, I think it's a much better approach than... I mean, you've got six preseason games. Why do you need your training camp to be hyper competitive and, you know, full of, full of scrimmages where you guys keep score and all that. Right. Like why? I, I, I wouldn't mind if like today they had done that. Sure. Uh, you know, if they, if they use the first day for the systems and then you get one day of like scrimmagey stuff, which is kind of what they did on Sunday. Yeah, and and like and like extended scrimmagey stuff, not even like from the first, because you know the first part of the scrimmage sessions was drills. Yep. And then they were like, "All right, now let's let's do some scrimmagey type stuff." You know, I could see them maybe wanting to change that up later, and and maybe do a like today, you know, systems install for your third day, and then scrimmage on your fourth day. But really, I don't see the upside in just being like, "All right, we'll just go out and scrimmage and just play." You know, we see all the time at, at lower levels where, you know, we're talking about young kids and, and skill development. It's all about practicing. You know, it's all about skill development and not just games and games and games and games. And that's kind of where the abs under Jared Bednar have taken their approach as well, is they it's all about learning and uh, understanding the system and under, you know, specific skills. We see the skills coaches are out there working with the guys after practice working on very specific stuff. Uh, and then you see, you know, other people where there's just games, you know, and certainly from our perspective, it'd be significantly more fun for it to just be games. 
Yeah. You know, it'd be, well, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about, oh, well, what does this guy look like in a game situation? Because we would see him in, in scrimmages. We'd see him doing hockey things in hockey situations and not just running drills and trying to make, you know, trying to find analysis in that. Uh, but from their perspective and from, uh, you know, from from the head coaching perspective, it makes a lot more sense for them to to go about the business the way that they have been, where it's all about teaching and it's very instructive and it's very hands-on. Especially because there's going to be plenty of more practices throughout the preseason. And you're looking at, look, Bednar has 57 guys in front of him here, and most of them are prospects or not going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. So why not take advantage of the short time most of these guys that are going to get cut are going to have here and get them learning, teach them the steps they need to start taking. Right. So, yeah. And, and set them up with the proper expectations. All right. This is, this is why you were cut. These are why the other guys are sticking around and, you know, continue on. Uh, You know, we know that the, the Eagles coaching staff has been here the entire camp and that they are running the same, more or less the same stuff up in Loveland uh, to, to make it, make sure that it all just makes sense. Right. So they're not learning different things that there's continuity that when they get called up, it's the same stuff. Yep. It makes life a whole lot easier when that connection is there. (laughs) It does. And before we do get out of here, I do want to give a a quick birthday shout out to one of our, our very youngest listeners. Okay. She turns one today. Wow. Yeah. And she's already listening to our pod. So uh, a shout out to uh, Zanya Ahmed. As, as one of our youngest listeners ever turns one today. Yeah. That, that's gotta be the youngest, right? Her, uh, her papa reached out and wanted to, uh, to send her some love. So doing that, there you go. Congratulations on the first birthday. I guess that's a good note to end it on looking forward to the preseason game tomorrow. Finally be able to really start digging into game situations stuff. I'm Nathan Rudolph for AJ Hayfley. We will catch you tomorrow. In need of a top dog electrician? For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. And don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call.